Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 177. SEO. Do those words make you break out in hives? Maybe they don't mean anything to you. I'm talking about search engine optimization, and it makes many of us want to put our head in the sand and pretend like it doesn't even exist. Am I right? I'm guilty of having done that for years until I realized that it's not as scary as we've made it out to be, and that there are some major benefits that can come from simple implementations on your end. So today, I want to break it down and demystify this topic for all of you, because it's time to put some strategy behind our search engine results. Search engine optimization basically means the process of maximizing the number of visitors to a particular website by ensuring that that site appears high on the list of results returned by a search engine. SEO can be a really complex topic to cover, especially on a podcast. So my goal today is to break it down to the basics, to tell you where it is best to invest your time on this, and to prove to you that it's not as scary so that you can take action and get started. In my experience, even starting out small with simple strategy can make a giant impact on the traffic that is coming to your website. Because what good is your website if no one knows it even exists? Before we dive on into our SEO chat, I want to read the review of the week from Carrie L. Robania. It says, Gold Diggingly Amazing. I recently started listening to the Gold Digger podcast, and I'm pretty sure I must have been living under a rock because who hasn't heard of Jenna in this podcast? Although I've been in the business for seven years, I've never heard someone teach and give so much helpful information as Jenna does. A biz newbie? Jenna has you covered. In the middle of your journey, Jenna's your gal. A seasoned business owner, she is the one for you. Kudos to you, Jenna, and your team for creating such valuable content. Thanks for truly making a difference. Thank you so much, Carrie. And if you're listening right now, could you just hit pause and take a second to leave a review? I know for me, I'm always like, oh, I'll get around to it later. And I always forget. But I want to make sure that every podcast host knows that they're making a difference because we put so much time and energy into creating these shows for you. So without further ado, let's dive on in and let me break it down for you SEO style. 
You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Major shout out to mine and Drew's go-to food service, HelloFresh, for supporting Gold Digger. Receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com slash Gold Digger 30 and use the offer code Gold Digger 30. First things first, I think it's important that we break down the verbiage. Let's cover some of that terminology that's going to pop up in today's show so that search engine optimization strategies aren't more complex than they need to be. We hear people talk about meta and alt tags and like, what does that even mean? There's really just a few words that you actually need to know when it comes to SEO strategy and no disrespect to anyone who's super techie and tuning in, but I think people can overcomplicate this topic and make it way too confusing for us. If you want to head on over to jennacutcherblog.com slash SEO and grab my cheat sheet in the show notes. This is going to give you a visual example of what I'm about to cover. Now, today's episode can feel a little overwhelming, but what my hope is, is to really just break it down for you. So again, grab the cheat sheet at jennacutcherblog.com slash SEO. So let me just first kind of walk you through the words that you need to know in a quick and easy SEO glossary. So first things first, anytime somebody talks about search engine optimization, they're likely going to use the term keywords. And the foundation and the first step of a strong SEO strategy is identifying the right keywords for your business. Keywords are the words that you'll be identifying as ones as you think of your audience, the ones that they're going to be searching for, and that you want Google to show your content in their search results. Don't overcomplicate this. So many of the strategies needed for SEO are probably already things that you're doing in your business in other places and can simply be tweaked and executed. And your keyword strategy is a great example of this. You don't have to start from ground zero on this. Think about the hashtags that you've used or brand words or common themes that you've used within your business. Other areas to look at are what have you named your categories on your blog or what have you named your Pinterest boards? My pro tip is to start with five or so main buckets of topics that you talk about on your blog or your website and create a spreadsheet with these as your columns. Next, start brainstorming a list for each area with as many thematic words around each bucket that you can think of. Insert any hashtags around each topic that you're currently using that are general and make sense for a keyword. Then just take these words and search them in Google or in Pinterest search bar. I like using these two places because of the guided search features on these sites. Guided search basically just means that it'll take the word you search for and tell you what other similar words people are searching for. And this is an awesome way to expand your keyword list. You should have a pretty solid idea and list at this point and we're not done yet. Next, I want for you to look anywhere on your target audience, anywhere that they're talking about the topics, and pull keywords from the things that they are saying. Examples of places that you could look would be comments on your blog posts, 
common questions you get asked, survey results, and comments on social media postings. You can check out reviews on Amazon for books on the topic. What are people saying about it? What questions do they have? What do they love about what you do? Now, a final place to use for generating a master keyword list is called Moses Keyword Explorer. We use this in the beginning stage of identifying keywords for my website, and it really helped us just kind of build out our list and prioritize our keyword. You can check it out at www.moz.com. We're not sponsored by them. We just use them. Some of your keywords will develop naturally based on the specific content that you're writing. And so I want for you to think like when you're writing a post, ask yourself, what would someone be searching for if they were trying to find this information or this content? And then use the answer to that question as your keyword. It's likely that these will be what's called the long-tailed keywords. In other words, it will be a few keywords that are strung together. An example within my brand of this would be if the keyword was wedding photography. A long-tailed keyword example would be Milwaukee summer wedding photography. Milwaukee and summer are likely not on my master keyword list, but this specific post might have those additional details that a longer keyword description, and that would help make more sense of it. Keep this master keyword list handy. Refer to it anytime that you're writing content for your site. You want to infuse as many of these words when you are writing on your website, whether it's a page on your website or a blog post, because you'll also be identifying a focus keyword or words for each page or post on your site, which means the main word that best represents the content that you're publishing. So let's talk about what an SEO title is. So next up is what's called the SEO title. And this is different than the post title or the page name. Let me walk you through an example to help best illustrate this. Naming each blog post is a critical step because this is what is going to determine if someone is going to click through and read the content. Now, a clickable title like Five Emotions Every Girl Boss Experiences might be different than the one that we would write for SEO purposes. Let's say the keyword we've identified for this post is successful women entrepreneurs because the post is about what women go through running a successful business. The SEO title allows you to name the post with search engine optimization in mind while also naming it creatively so that people click through and read. You don't have to choose one or the other. You want to have a clickable title, but you also want to have a searchable one. So the title of the blog post is Five Emotions Every Girl Boss Experiences, and the SEO title is Successful Women Entrepreneurs on the Gold Digger Podcast. The blog post title is what is shown publicly to your audience, and the SEO title is what search engines will use to determine what the content is about pretty cool, right? Like you can have your cake and eat it too when it comes to this stuff. The next term I want to cover is slug. And I'm not talking about that little animal that crawls along the sidewalk. The next SEO terminology is the slug. And this is what the actual link will look like. So for example, the show notes for this episode will be www.jennacutcherblog.com slash SEO. That slash SEO is what is known as the slug. And SEO best practices state that the slug of your article should be short 
and contain your focus keyword if possible. Now, if you use WordPress like we do, you can actually edit the slug. It's right up towards the top of the post where you give the post a title and you can change what that slash is. And you want to be very specific in what you're naming the post and not just have it be the post date because that's not actually going to help you. And so we try to be very strategic and make it a very easy URL for people to type in, but also to make it actually work for us when it comes to SEO. The next terminology we're going to talk about is meta description. This description is what will be shown as the first few lines of text under the title when your content shows up in search results. Think about when you Google something, you'll see about eight or so post titles that Google believes is the best match based on your search text. And then it'll show you about two lines of text below it to help you determine if that's exactly what you are looking for. This is the meta description. And if you haven't been writing meta descriptions, Google just automatically grabs the first few lines of text on your page. This is a huge opportunity to write click-worthy meta descriptions because it's not enough to simply show up in Google results. Like you want people to see that your content is what they were searching for and to click through. Have you guys ever been on Google and you type in a question and then you kind of scroll through to see which article you think is actually going to answer it the best? A lot of times when we're typing blog posts for our business, we actually don't think about how important those first two lines can be in helping people determine if our article or blog post is what they were searching for. And so I love the meta description because you can make it very keyword rich and really get to the point about what people will get if they click through to the link. The next term and last one is alt text. Now, a final definition to cover before we get into the good stuff is alt text. And this is the text that is tied to an image. It's a text that explains what the image is. And it's important because it can be used by search engines in addition to the text inside of your post or the site content in order to figure out what exactly it is that you're writing about. This is also the text that is carried through when someone pins your image to Pinterest, which gives us a little bit more control in terms of making sure our images have high quality descriptions there. Let's look at an example. Going back to my long tail keyword example above, which was Milwaukee summer wedding photography, let's say there is an image of a couple at the Milwaukee Art Museum. My alt text in this example could be Milwaukee Summer Wedding Photography at the Milwaukee Art Museum by Jenna Kutcher. Seems like a lot, right? But this alt text both uses our focus keywords, which is super helpful for searching purposes, and it provides more context for what this actual image is about and gives me credit for the image so that when it is pinned, people will know who created it. Pretty cool, right? I bet a lot of you are skipping this step because I know that I did. And I used to just kind of import photos in so it'd be like image249.jpg. But when you actually rename using the alt text, you can get so specific and searchable. And you can kind of copy and paste throughout the images of that exact post, making it really keyword rich. So maybe you're wondering, okay, well, all of this is kind of making sense. At least I hope it is. But how do all of these fit together? So now that you've got kind of a basic understanding of what some of these words mean, let's talk about how and where they are used. 
If you're starting from scratch and you want to know where do I begin, my best tip is to download the SEO by Yoast. It's like toast with a Y plugin. And that would be if you're a WordPress user. We're huge WordPress fans. That's what I've always blogged on since day one. And this plugin is awesome. So basically, once the plugin is activated on your site, you're going to see an area at the bottom of the post. So like after you put in the body of the post, and it says SEO by Yoast. And here you'll be able to easily enter a focus keyword, a meta description, an SEO title, and a slug to optimize each post. It kind of gives you this like dashboard at the bottom of your post where you can fill in all of these things. That cheat sheet that I mentioned that we've got for you to download in the show notes is a screenshot of this plugin filled in for one of my posts. So you can actually see how we do this in real life. So again, that's at jennacutcherblog.com slash SEO. And now that you're brilliant, you know that the slug is SEO. My favorite part of this plugin is that it's also going to grade the post for you from an SEO standpoint and offer suggestions to make improvements. It also tells you what you did right, which is kind of nice. Now, this is such a great way to learn SEO best practices while jumping in and getting started with search engine optimization right away. Here are some best practices I've learned in order to help shortcut your learning curve and get that green light approval. Basically, it gives you a green, a yellow, and a red. We don't want to be in the red yellow. Mm, Let's go for green. So Yoast shares this. Your keyword should be in your post as early as possible so that people in Google know right away what it's going to be about. Now, my feeling on this is that rules were made to be broken and that writing with your audience in mind should trump SEO best practices. Using the example of Milwaukee summer wedding photography, which is the keyword, This post could be stronger if I started with a story about the couple or if I said something like, I'm excited to share this Milwaukee summer wedding photography with you today. Like that doesn't sound right, right? Like nobody would actually say that. And when you put those into your post just to gain SEO, people are like, that's a really odd way to start this post. It's kind of clunky. It's not compelling. And frankly, I would prefer quality in terms of my content over checking off every single SEO box. Some people teach the other way. They want you to make a very keyword rich first sentence, but I can use these keywords in other places in the post, like maybe the alt text of an image or at the bottom with a call to action, like, did you love this Milwaukee summer wedding photography? Click here to see more weddings just like it. It's much more natural that way, and it doesn't compromise the story that I want to tell on my blog of the couple's wedding day by stuffing the keywords into the first sentence. Now, the focused keyword, so that number one keyword that you're picking should appear in the SEO title should appear in the slug, the meta description, the alt text, and the image file name. So once you figure out what is that focus keyword, you want to basically put it anywhere that there is text without keyword stuffing. And maybe you're like, hmm, stuffing, like Thanksgiving dinner? No, let me explain. Do not keyword stuff. Basically, this means that keyword stuffing is loading the page or post with keywords in an attempt to be ranked better by Google. You may have seen this done in the past where someone will build a bunch of words and just fill them in at the bottom of the post and it doesn't fit naturally within the text. The thing is, is Google is really smart and it's going to be able to tell if you're not using your keywords naturally and just stuffing the page or the post with the words. 
Make sure that you're using them authentically and link to high quality content related to the word in order to rank well. So have you guys ever seen like on Instagram where somebody posts like, you know, all 30 hashtags and like half of them don't even make sense for the content that they just shared? That's kind of what keyword stuffing is like when it comes to a website or a blog post. You want to make sure that the keywords are actually about the post because Google is really smart, smarter than us. I know I hate to say it. I always want you to try and link to another article that is related on your site because this is not just a good user experience so the reader can just continue naturally reading along the path of reading content, but it also gives Google more context about what your post is about by linking it to more content on your site. You can also link to other sites with valuable information on the topic if you can for that very same reason. Linking your post to others is super helpful for Google to understand what your post is about and when it should show it in search results to get people what they need when they're searching. Best practices state that the length of your post should be a minimum of 300 words, but best performing posts average just under 2,000 words. So a good parameter to gauge for. I mean, don't take this as entirely cut and dry. This is not the Bible of SEO. We're just sharing what Yo says as best practices. Gold Diggers, I am so excited to say that HelloFresh is sponsoring this episode. If you've been around for a while, you know that Drew and I have used HelloFresh for over a year. And today I get to share a special deal with you. To get $30 off your first week of deliveries, go to HelloFresh.com slash GoldDigger30 and use the offer code GoldDigger30. I can't even speak to how convenient and simple HelloFresh is. Everything comes pre-measured in labeled meal kits, so you know which ingredients go into which recipe. Also, living with my fitness-loving husband, we are quite picky about what we put into our bodies. We love that each box is made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients from carefully selected farms and high-rated, trusted sources. In my personal experience with HelloFresh, we have never looked back. Truly, Drew and I often joke about what the heck we ate before we had it. My favorite part of subscribing is that I get food delivered to my doorstep and I don't have to waste precious time planning our meals or going grocery shopping. Fun fact about me, I hate grocery shopping. And not to mention, it's exciting. We love not having to spend money on takeout for an easy night or worry about gathering ingredients. We know we're going to get a unique, nutritious meal. I could talk about this company forever, but I will sum it up with you have to give it a try. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GoldDigger30 and use GoldDigger30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. So I want to share five tips for you to incorporate SEO into your workflow. This wouldn't be a gold digger podcast episode without me giving you tangible ways to incorporate this teaching into your day and how to make it a part of your workflow. So here are some big things that have worked well for me. Number one, batch work. You know, I love to batch work. A lot of the critical thinking that goes into optimizing content for your site in terms of SEO purposes is going to pay off in other places as well. So we like to batch this type of work together in order to save time and energy and repurpose. An example of this would be writing the alt text with Pinterest in mind. You know, we love Pinterest. Pinterest is also a search engine. And so it will see your content as valuable if the pin description matches the words found on the post it's linked to. 
For this reason, we write the alt text as our pin description when optimizing the post and then pin at the same time. This way, the content matches and we're only writing it once. So you can check out my webinar, which is how to 5x your traffic using Pinterest for more insight into this tip at teachmetopin.com. If you're like, wait, how does Pinterest play in this? Trust me, SEO is huge when it comes to Pinterest. Similarly, you might start with keywords that would be great hashtags on Instagram. Writing your Instagram post that is going to link to the blog post makes sense to complete it at the same time. In general, basically when you're writing content for your business, think about all the places it's going to be promoted and write that all at the same time. My next tip is this, start with your focus keyword first. It can be tempting to write a post and then figure out what is my focus keyword and what are the titles going to be. We found that it is so much easier if we do this the other way around. If we can come up with a clickable title and strong keywords for my audience and then create content around that saves us a lot of time and energy. This is also going to help save us from trying to force a keyword or a strong title later. And I believe this will make your content stronger as well. Have you guys ever like clicked on a post and you're like, I cannot wait to read about this. And then it's a total letdown. We want to avoid that. My next tip is keep track of what's working and what's not working and be willing to adjust. The best way that I know how to monitor is through Google Analytics. Another scary thing that a lot of us are avoiding. There are a ton of detailed how-to articles written on this topic, and I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about the how, but more the why it's important and hopefully inspire you to go ahead and get this set up for your business. I wrote a post that I'll link to in the show notes titled the five Google Analytics numbers that you need to know in order for your business to help simplify this process. I truly believe that even using this site in its most simplistic form is going to give you a ton of information that will help you improve not just your SEO strategy, but the quality of content that you create and even your social media strategy. Why? Because you're going to be able to figure out what words people are searching in order to find you. What articles are they excited about and resonating with most? How you can create more things like that? What sites are they arriving to on your page from? What social media site is actually yielding results in your business? And what are people doing if they arrive? Are they converting into paying customers, signing up for your email list, or are they just clicking away? Like, how can we make sure that we are getting the results that we need? I want to ask you, like, if you're not using Google Analytics or if you're not really paying attention to numbers, how are you going to know that your efforts are paying off? We love to pay attention to the organic search traffic number. You can find this within Google Analytics. And then if you click on acquisition and channels, and it tells us like, here are the top referrals to your page. Pinterest is a huge one for us. But if you're really focusing on SEO, you need to know what that organic search traffic number is. That's the exact number that people are finding you organically through the search function. So how do you find out what words are people using in order to find you? In Google Analytics, I want for you to head to the acquisition area and the search console, and then you're going to see the landing pages. And from there, you can pick a specific post or page in order to see what people entered to find you. To give you an idea or ballpark to aim for, my organic search accounts for about 20% of my traffic each month. 
Two years ago when we first started this work, I think it was like less than 5%. Now, my social media accounts are a huge part of my traffic because of our efforts on Instagram and Pinterest. And maybe you do a ton of guest posting, so your referral traffic will be a larger percentage than mine is. The point is that if you're aware of these numbers and you see the success or growth of them, it's going to be reflective in the amount of work that you're putting into a specific area. We know our organic search and social media is our strong suits, and that's where we spend most of our time working on driving traffic. So if you're one of those people who's afraid of numbers, who doesn't even want to see the stats, I challenge you to change that because you are likely spending a ton of time on things that you're not even sure if they're yielding results. And I want for you to be spending your time confidently knowing that where you're putting it is giving you things that move the needle. Okay. Now, my last tip is this. If you're thinking, oh my gosh, now that I'm doing SEO, I have to go create all this new content so that I can use all of these strategies that Jenna is teaching. I'm going to tell you this little secret. Go back and add SEO to old blog posts. Another reason Google Analytics is so powerful is because it allows you to add SEO to your blog content that is already doing well. You know that it's resonating with your audience. So imagine if we helped it out by getting it optimized for search engines. What would that look like? My best tip here is to just break it down and choose five posts a week. Now, when Caitlin came on board, she would just go through and optimize five old posts as she was working on that week's fresh new content. And eventually we got my almost 2000 blog posts, which have been published throughout the years, optimized and pinned. It took a full year to do that. And so I would just highly recommend starting at your top 10 posts, which you can find via Google Analytics and making sure that those are SEO optimized. It's going to help you with your search engine results. It's going to help you with Pinterest. And so you don't feel like you have to constantly be creating new stuff. If the old stuff is working, uh, let it work even better for you. So here are three really easy, tangible steps that you can do today in order to get your SEO plan in action. Number one, start a keyword spreadsheet. Start thinking of things. I remember when I did this, I was doing Wisconsin wedding photographer, Wisconsin bride, Milwaukee wedding photographer, Madison wedding photographer, all the different venues that I shot at, all the different things that brides in Wisconsin that are engaged would search for. Number two, download the SEO by Yoast plugin and take a stab at optimizing an old post in order to get a hang of the process. Number three, install Google Analytics to help direct and refine your strategy going forward. I want for you to listen to this, okay? We've talked so much about all the strategies, but this is really important. Focus on people and not just on search engines. The one thing I want for you to take away from this episode is the importance of focusing on people and not just search engines. It's easy when you dive into the world of SEO to feel super overwhelmed and feel like you need to follow a crazy long list of strategies and rules that might leave you feeling deflated and questioning if you're wasting your time or heck if you're even doing it right. This is what held me back for years. I was honestly paralyzed because it felt so overwhelming. But if you refocus your why, it's going to help you stay focused on the right stuff. 
Focus on people, not just search engines. When you're building out your SEO strategy, it can be so tempting to get super nitty gritty technical in that strategy to attempt to have your pages and posts rank better. But my philosophy is that if we build our content with people in mind first, it will do well for search engines as well. If we truly, truly think about our ideal clients, what their pain points are, how we can provide a solution, what they're likely searching for, we can truly create a system that helps us reach the right people, which to me is more important than landing at the top of Google for the wrong things. At the end of the day, SEO is all about proving to search engines that your site and your content is the best so that it'll serve it up when your audience is looking for solutions to problems that you, my friend, can help them with. Create epic content serving your audience and the SEO will follow, especially if you apply these tips I've given you today. A final thought for you is this. If you're listening to this show and you're like, there is no way I have time to do this, I can't imagine it. I don't understand it. You know what I'm about to say. Outsource this if you need it. If you're breaking out in hives just listening to me talk about this stuff, it might be time to consider outsourcing this task. There are plenty of people who specialize in SEO and are willing to help you with your strategy, which can free you up to focus on the areas in your business only you can do. I still want you to play a role in identifying the keywords as you're going to know your audience better than anyone else that you would hire to help you. But this is a really solid example of outsourcing the things that are stressful or time consuming or just not in your skill set. There you have it, gold diggers, my SEO for dummies. Trust me, I know there is so much content covered in this episode, and I do have additional resources linked up at the show notes, which is at jennacutcherblog.com slash SEO. Again, we have a cheat sheet there for you so you can see our exact process on how we make our posts SEO optimized. And I'm just so thankful that I get to lead you through some of these technical things because I know as an entrepreneur, there are so many places where you just feel like you're falling short or you're a failure or you're dropping the ball or you just don't get it. And so getting to lead you through these mini workshops is such a joy. If today's show helped you out, could you let me know? Like these are a lot of work to prepare and they're so much fun to teach, but I want to know like... Did this break it down for you? Do you feel more confident? Are you excited to tackle search engine optimization? Hop on over to Instagram at Gold Digger Podcast, or of course, leave us a review. It truly makes a giant difference. Special thanks to my amazing team. Caitlin helped me draft up this episode and spent a lot of time getting this content ready for you. And so until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals and maybe I'll be searching for you in Google. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.